you are hearing this, you are receiving a signal from another planet. Fanboy planet. Watch animated chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie. Sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the letter F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. I'm just the definition of a fanboy, baby. I'm a nerd overdrive. I will always survive. Fanboy, baby. Feel so alive watching Babylon 5. Just want to be a fanboy, baby. Making best friends with a robot bender. Fanboy, baby. I never give up and I never give up. Listen up, fanboy. Here's your host, Derek McCaw. Hey, that was great. We missed that. This is Derek McCaw, editor in chief of fanboyplanet.com. My ears are still there. So, maybe we should change it to to watch up. I don't watch out, fanboys. (laughs) I don't know if we're going live on video, but it's so great to have our announcer, Nate, back. And of course, uh, somewhere uh, I think on on Batu uh, is Asgard. Uh, Asgard. Oh, I'm sorry, I, because really all I see is there. Oh, the, yeah. Okay, but tell us who you are, Rick. I'm Rick Brett Snyder. All righty, and we are here at the Fanboy Planet podcast, going uh, live stream. And uh, so, thanks everyone who is here, and thanks uh, you guys for joining tonight to talk about comics. And, and mostly comics. But, of course, I also want to uh, say off top, of course, that we anything we talk about comics-wise in particular uh, on tonight's podcast, uh, which you would like to own for your very self, and you can not find it at your local brick-and-mortar store, you can use the Amazon link on each and every page of Fanboy Planet. And we are affiliated, so we get a, it, it may generate revenue for us. Uh, you know, once again, then we do prefer uh, it, that you go to, if you can, a brick and mortar store, a comic shop. So there, I want to say up top then, uh, I go to Earth 2 Comics in Sherman Oaks. Rick, where are you going? Hijinx Comics in Willow Glen, California. And Nate? Earth 2 Comics in Northridge. Okay. Well, all right. So actually yeah, don't we are- go there anymore. I have them shipped to me. Oh, okay. Uh, well, that's interesting. And I want to okay. also... I- <laughs> I also want to give, we have Nate back uh, for at least this one podcast, and we have missed him so much, uh, but it's, it's partially because he's been managing a, a restaurant in Santa Clarita, so I want to uh, run that by. Nate, tell us where you're working nights. Wicked Chicken, when? I'm working Wicked Chicken every night except for the nights I'm off. That makes perfect sense. Okay, sure. yes. Uh, and uh, you're open till 9 p.m. every night if you're in the Santa Santa Clarita area. 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. every day during COVID. Once all these restrictions are lifted, we'll be 8 to 10 and 8 to 11. Friday and Saturday is 11. Okay, and and I'm running the website under down beneath us so that you can, uh, anybody who's interested, that also goes to, there's one in Santa Clara, so back in the home area in Silicon Valley. Uh, that's on that same website. And, and, and you guys, we There's just a new- opened another one in Scottsdale, Arizona. Wow. This is an interesting franchise plan. There will next be one in Peoria, Illinois, <laughs> and possibly one in San Juan, Puerto Rico. And then so, Dublin, Ireland. 
<laughs> Why not? Why not? We're, you're expanding like comedy sports. Okay. So <laughs> good. if uh, I do want to say, too, if you have any questions, comments, compliments, commentary, criticism, since this is live, uh, you can actually make comments or ask questions through this through this broadcast, and uh, but otherwise you can write into editor at fanboyplanet.com. That's editor at fanboyplanet.com, as well as you can join the conversation on our Facebook page. Some of you may be watching this on Facebook Live on the Fanboy Planet page. You can follow us on Twitter and you can follow us on Instagram, all at Fanboy Planet. So ah, here we go, and. Uh, so, uh, before we get into the pick of the week, I actually realized that there was a news item that happened while we were kind of oh, away. Or, or muddled. Yeah. I'm monitoring the Facebook page, so if anybody's on the page, they can comment there and we can read those comments aloud. All right. Perfect. Thank you. That's great. So, good. Uh, and, and, yes, and, and Rick made a comment on the YouTube that uh, – on the YouTube, I sound like I'm 70. Uh, <laughs> just, you can, I believe you can comment through the Facebook page, too. You can. So th- there we go. Uh, we missed this item, and, I, and it was of particular interest to Rick, and I don't know if you caught this, but Condé Nast, who uh, controls all of what used to be Street and Smith, which means Doc Savage, The Shadow, Spider, G8 – announced a couple of weeks ago that they are reviving the shadow in modern novels by novelist James Patterson. So they're going to, uh, who is uh, actually James Patterson is really more of a, of a, of a machine. He has several ghostwriters as well um, because no one can actually write and publish a new novel every month. So, you know, he's got people that are James Pattersonites, Pattersons. I don't know. You make it sound like he's from the Mojo verse. Uh, he might be. He might be. Anyway, they are. They. What is interesting about this is that they have identified someone, an editor within Condé Nast, who is in control of the what they call their superhero verse. So, first to the shadow. Then we're going to get Doc Savage, and I'm I'm scared of modern novels of these. But I thought it was worth mentioning. Had you heard that, Rick? Uh, I had heard that. I hadn't looked into it or. or- touch base with my shadow peeps um uh rick's shadow government if you will so yes uh i knew it it's uh it's nice to see it coming from uh kind of asked uh um will murray got permission to use the shadow in a doc savage in two doc savage novels uh in his wild adventures of doc savage series so um but if we can get somebody uh interested in just pumping out some shadow books that's cool yeah, and uh, you know, yes, Will Murray had used them, but as we noted, I think back in December on the podcast, they were pulling all the rights back to all yeah. those characters because uh, Sanctum Press, right? Was that Sanctum? Sanctum was the publisher of the um, of the the magazine formats, the reprints of the original magazine covers and interior art and such. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, that's what's moving forward. Want to do a little bit of a truncated show tonight in that there's. You know, mostly we want to talk comics because one, we have Nate back, and it's been so long since he's recommended one of the two or three titles that he is obsessed with. Uh, so I'm going to go. This is the pick of the week. We no longer do what's in the bag, but we can for you because you're right here live. Do it. Do it. What's in the bag? What's in the bag? Excellent. <laughs> Thank you. Nate, that is so exciting to have that back. So uh, since we haven't had you in a long time, Nate, I'm going to assume 
Uh, I think we talked a little earlier today, and you said you hadn't been to the shop uh, last last week, but but that you you were the winner of a great book, and I don't know. What, I'm going to give you two choices because you mentioned two that I know you want to tout. So it's true. I'm going to talk about the one that I won. Yes, because I won it. <laughs> can't argue with that logic. No, you it, can't. This is a red foil. You can kind of see it. Yeah, there you yeah. Go. Negan lives. As we know, The Walking Dead ended, and there were some loose ends. Uh, and Robert Kirkman decided, "Hey, it's COVID. Let's write." A, he talked to Charlie Adlard, said, "Let's do a little Negan thing." comic shops when they open back up they can have something to sell hopefully drive some business so then they did a uh, a gold foil cover that each comic shop got one they did a silver foil cover each comic shop got two they had a regular cover you got as many as you wanted and they teased this red foil cover and nobody knew what it was uh how it was being distributed so on Twitter, Robert Kirkman had mentioned, "Hey, you guys should follow Sean Kirkham. He's the he's one of the image or the uh, Skybound uh, promotional guys. I think he's like a president of something. And he, I already followed him, but uh, he randomly chose Twitter followers. He said he just put it in a random generator, uh, and I just happened to get a DM one day, and it said, "I think you caught red foil fever. I need your address." And I was like, "Wow, all right." Let's do this. I didn't, you know, there was no contest. You didn't have to do anything. It was literally just people that followed him randomly got selected. So I don't know how many of these exist, but it's supposedly less than the other two foil covers. Uh, so people were selling them on eBay for like $900 before this actually got sent out. Cause I guess they, it ended up, they sent them to skybound and image employees and some people were just getting rid of them immediately. Uh, <laughs> flipping so, them, I believe. Let's call it right. what it is. Flipping, flipping them. them. I think this is going to be my first uh, CGC. I'm going to send it in in the same box that Skybound sent it to me, and just have them get it back. Because it looks like it's a uh, pretty close to mint to me. Have oh, you Have oh, you read it? I read the the regular cover. I'm not okay. touching this one. <laughs> okay, no. and and we did. We got a, a comment from Dave Tapia who was watching us live, and he said, "No spoilers." He didn't say please, but no spoilers. And well, I, I think won't we'll spoil it. It's that. a Negan story. That's all you need to know. No spoilers. That's right. So uh, I do want to ask, Nate, what was the treatment for red foil fever, and are you still suffering from it? Uh, I'm still suffering from it. There is no treatment. It exists right here. I've caught it. I can't get rid of it. I guess if I sold it, I wouldn't have it anymore. But you're not going to sell it. No, unless I get it CGC'd and it's, uh, somebody wants to give me a few grand. All right. Well, yeah, you got a couple of kids. They need to go through college. Exactly. We hope. If you, so, get, a chance, if you get a chance, Nate, uh, I think the videos are still up from Comic-Con, from Comic-Con at home, and Kirkman had an hour-long panel, and he yes. told a couple stories about that. I actually probably watched that one. I watched two Kirkman panels. I think he was on two two panels. So you're probably okay, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to you want to bring up your other one, Nate? Because of course you I mentioned? do. Because of our friend, friend of the program, true. Eric Larson, who has written and drawn his own comic book from issue from miniseries one through three, and now issue one through two hundred and fifty. 
Savage Dragon, 250. How many years is that in comic books? I was told there'd be no math. I, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, Savage Dragon 250 just came out. That's crazy to think of how many comics actually get to 250, A, and how many independent comics get to 250. Uh, I think it's three, but only one has been written and drawn by the same person the entire time. Yeah. Right. Cerebus uh, did 300. But he used a background artist. Gerhard yeah. came in, yeah. 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 And Spawn is up to 310, but Todd McFarlane has been in and out of that forever. Yeah. Yeah, I think he yeah. stopped drawing after 10 or 11. Yeah. All right. Well, cool. So, yeah, we wanted to call that out. You said that came out mid-July, but I think that... I think it came out on the 15th. Okay. So there are still, you know, printings available. Because we're, we're in November. We're in November right now as we record this, right? That's how it feels the, the summer went. So, you know... <laughs> is it only when, what year is it, Derek? I don't know. I, you know, I, I, I'm watching the German Netflix show Dark, and that's like the question every third or fourth episode. What year is it? I, I can't say it in German. You'd think I would by the time I get to season three, but I can't. So, uh, Rick, let's turn to you. What's your pick this week? My pick this week is Captain America Empire Edition. This is the Captain America Empire spinoff. That is, uh, this is issue one. Okay, yeah. so it's not an actual regular part of the Captain America storyline. Well, I don't know. They've been integrating the Fantastic Four very well. I'm behind on my regular Captain America books, but uh, you know, it does doesn't matter. You know, it's it's a uh, it's it's part of the Marvel universe, and this, apparently, stuff that comes out of Empire is going to affect the whole Marvel universe for some time to come. So. Uh, that's at least their tagline when they talk about it to the press. Uh, this is an interesting book because uh, we've got Captain America uh, in a war. Uh, <laughs> he works best in that circumstance. Yeah, and it, if you have been following, uh, without without deep spoilers, the whole thing of uh, Empire is the Kree and the Skrull have, have joined together, and they are... Um, they are fighting the common enemy, which is earth and the, the celestial Messiah and his plant like Kotati, which um, apparently the Kotati are the, are part of the origin of the scroll Cree war. Uh, we get, a, we get a little retcon backstory early in this thing. What's interesting about this book I mean, you have Captain America and some regular grunt soldiers who are uh, thrilled to be the modern. They are they they nominate themselves to be the modern day Howling Commandos, and we have not only a, a pretty pretty nice little military story in here. Although I do have a little trouble with at one point uh, the guys are saying uh, Cap says, "Are you ready to go, soldier?" And he said, and the guy says, "Up to it." They're just salad people, sir, and. That kind of rang badly to me because we know what when soldiers say something people that that kind of uh, grits the wrong way. Um, I hope Cap gave them a stern talking to. Uh, we cut to another scene at that point. Oh. So, uh, but the other part of this book is it is kind of um, kind of like sci-fi evil against the so against the soldiers. 
and I'm not going to spoil too much, but it's what you'd expect from like a aliens or predator kind of story. And then the last page harkens back, man, when I saw the last page, I was thinking how many times has cap gone up against some gigantic monstrosity that you kind of go one man, one man without powers. How is he going to take that down? And the, what, what it reminded me of was the, uh, the original Captain America uh, run with um, the sleeper awakes and the sleeper mm-hmm. and the sleeper walks and the whole thing about the the multiple robots that the Red Skull left buried behind in Europe to destroy the world in the advent of the Nazis losing uh, World War II. Um, and I that's really what the last page of this evoked for me. So uh, I you know Captain America is always a good time. Well, usually. Uh, usually a good time. <laughs> ah, that's what that's what Sharon said. Okay, and uh, yeah, Sharon yeah. Carter was was. Uh, oh well, never mind. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> so so uh, this uh, again, this is the way to do the crossovers by introducing a a separately numbered sequence of of books that are just tied directly to the crossover story. Empire is doing that a lot. But like the Fantastic Four is has some Fantastic Four stories that are that are separately numbered, plus they're taking the regular book line through uh, Empire as well. But the and the Kaltati are about to invade Krakoa in another separate yes. crossover and Wakanda, Sword of X Men. Oh, well, okay, but Sword of X Men Hickman is using the Kaltati as well, and you know that's that's again this is what we were I was teasing you about last week. It's like crossover just crosses over into crossover Indeed. and. You know, we're having crisis on infinite multiple crossovers and salads and salads. We're having a toss salad. Yeah. Oh dear. Okay. So yes. Rick, what's your book, Derek? Okay. Well, my book is a little off the beaten path from what we do, but it is an image book. So Nate should be happy. Uh, my book this week is. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's a graphic novel by Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. It's an, they are a team that's been doing criminal, um, they did the fade out, uh, several different kind of aw- stepping away from the superhero genre, though. And I was thinking about that because, because Rick, you just mentioned, of course, you know, Captain America and Ed Brubaker had a stunning run on that. And he's the one who created essentially, or, or shall we say, turned uh, Bucky into the Winter Soldier. And, you know, so that he's kind of walked away from superheroes and instead is doing this really unique stuff. And uh, so, so this one, Pulp, is starts as you are getting kind of a pulpish western in the you know set in like 1888, and uh, then what happens is it's you're actually it's actually a story from a pulp magazine, and you meet the writer who is this old man who is just getting by as as a pulp writer, and I thought, okay, well this is an interesting look in the 30s of of that lifestyle and what it was like in New York. And I should have known better from Ed Brubaker. It becomes something else entirely where his past is kind of coming back to haunt him and why he's so good at writing Western pulps. And at the same time, it's interesting using a lens of the 30s, really kind of focused on on us today because it is, you know, the pulp magazines at that time are going the way of, you know, what what people are afraid of the comics industry going right now. And at the same time, you know, what he gets drawn into is uh, is getting mixed up with Nazis, with American Nazis, the Bund, wow. in uh, you know, in the 30s. And 
I know I've seen a lot of articles recently because, of course, you know, I deep dive and go down rabbit holes and get there. But And the comment that I've been seeing on Facebook most often in the past six months is, wait a minute, there were American Nazis in the 30s? And I think, well, if you read comics, you knew that because David Avalone had done that in the Twilight Zone shadow crossover from Dynamite. But I think, you know, this is the first major comic I've seen since then that has tackled that. And, and again, using it as a nice, as an interesting parallel. And I just felt like, wow, I love Sean Phillips art anyway. You know, it feels, it feels very cinematic. It's not, it's not like Gene Collins, but it kind of feels like it to me sometimes. Like I, like I'm seeing real people when, when Sean Phillips draws, even though it's a little scratchy, it's a kind of magazine illustration style, but I love it. And uh, I, I can't, you know, I picked it up because Chris Kohler at, uh, at the uh, Northridge Earth 2 had said, oh, my God, everybody's got to read this book. So when I went into Earth 2 last week, I said, okay, I got to pick this up. And it was a tremendous, tremendous recommendation. So I've, I've read, you know, didn't read all my comics last week, but I made sure to read that, that one, and I'm really glad that I did. So um, so that's our pick of the week. I want to – there's just a little bit of news today that is worth talking about because – on this podcast, we've been talking a lot about release dates slipping and, you know, things going to direct to, uh, I believe Scoob just went, you know, finally went to HBO Max as a streaming. Uh, Nate, have you seen Scoob? You have I've not seen Scoob yet, no. Okay. We're focused uh, on Harry Potter and Star Wars right now. Okay, which is good. <laughs> you know, Netflix just announced that they want to develop their own Harry Potter and Star Wars. They want some kind of original franchise IP like that and like, hmm. All right. Yeah, because you can just do that. Uh, But Disney blinked. You know, uh, the last podcast we mentioned that they had taken Mulan off the schedule, release schedule entirely. We're going to wait till things had lifted. They blinked today and announced uh, Bob Chapek at a shareholders meeting said that, that Mulan will be coming out on September 4th. The same day that Amazon Prime is dropping the boys, and I, I got us my witness. I don't know which one to watch first. Um, so it, it's uh, they're dropping Mulan on Disney Plus, but they're inst- instigating or integrating a pay per view feature into Disney Plus, and Mulan is going to cost twenty nine ninety five, which is nine ninety five more. Than most of these at-home direct releases have right. been. So invite all the kids over. Invite all the. Can you? Well, <laughs> no. I mean, it's, it's interesting because I my first reaction is is that all three of us are in a place where movie tickets are expensive. Not cheap. Anyway. Yeah, they're not cheap. And I'm thinking, okay, you know, the last time That's I went two tickets. To, uh, I mean, yeah. two adults. I I've spent thirty five, forty bucks. Yeah. At, at the AMCs that I go to, and so and and uh, it was the other one, the ArcLight, you know. So um, I'm thinking, yeah, it's cheaper than what it would be for two of us to go. But there are still parts of the country where the average ticket price is much lower. So I don't know. It's an interesting. But where does the most of the country live? Let's be honest. L.A. and Silicon Valley, is that what you're saying, Nate? No, 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 no. No, I'm saying Southern California area, Northern California area, New York area. Those tickets are not cheap to go to movies. No. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and, and Dave Tapia makes a good point. He just made the comment, for $30, we don't even own the title in our digital library like you would if you were buying it from iTunes. But, you know. It's also not out yet, Dave. 
But, but well, you know, and that's the thing. This is the model change that most of the things that were released initially, Amazon was calling them like you know, cinema at home or premiere at home. Twenty bucks. It was still a two day rental at that at, at, for that point. I think right. the only thing that I ended up on, on my uh, not my iTunes, my movies anywhere was Birds of Prey. I have to check when I bought. Uh, when I rented Bloodshot, I don't know if that's still on my PlayStation. I thought maybe Sony was going to throw you know throw me a bone there and, and say, since you bought it through Sony on your PlayStation, you can keep Bloodshot. But I, I haven't had a chance to go back into my files and see that. Yeah, the, but, the price at thirty dollars is a little pricey given it's like a. It, granted, we're not in a theater. We're not we're not with a ultra high quality even in the small theaters uh, you typically have a better sound system than you do at home so there is there is that about going to the theater however you also don't have the people yammering behind you the guy in your chair in front of you yeah um, having sex next to you which yes right did happen once at the at AMC Universal City uh, so my, yeah. my take on it is that. Uh, first off, I'd like to know if that is a 24-hour rental. Can you watch it a couple times? Because if you have kids, they, they'll want to watch it. They they'll want to yeah. watch Mulan as many times as they can before it goes away. And if you if they were smart, I mean it's digital. They keep track of who's bought it. Give them give them the uh, release when it goes to goes digital to buy. You know, make yeah. make this. Uh, they're loaning you money up front to watch it once now and. You get it for free when it comes out for actual sale. I mean, I, I think they just need to get a little more creative, a little bit more creative in uh, in the release structure that they set up. I think this is one of those cases where they're throwing it out there to see who bites. Yeah. Yeah. Because they know that there are places around the world, like we talked about with Mulan, one of the issues is that, you know, in China, they have to release it in China. They made a big deal in China about, shooting this film and making it more accurate to the original legend uh, and the original, original epic. So, you know, they can release it in China. They probably will be able to release it in Japan. There are places in Europe that by the time, by September 4th, they'll have done it. And, you know, right or wrong, I think there are places in the country, in the U S that will, uh, you know, that will have movie theaters. So I don't know if they're tracking that, but again, you know, this is only Disney Plus. This isn't through uh, iTunes. This isn't through uh, through Sony, uh, through the PlayStation, through through Amazon Prime, any of that. So you know, they're keeping a lock. And this is also announced as they they topped sixty million subscribers. So they've ramped up so much faster and so much stronger than they ever thought they did. It's almost you know, if there's a little pushback. Or there is a little question. Maybe this is sort of like they tested the waters, and we have three weeks to for everybody to go. And some of the terms might change. Like they might have might not have thought about the multiple viewings and say two day. Yeah. But you know, if that gets loud enough, maybe they will. Of course, the question then is, uh, why not Black Widow? Are we going to go go to go to there? You know, that's well, Black Widow probably isn't considered a family film. So no, but I don't consider any of the Marvel universes really. No, uh, but I'm just they're all on Disney Plus. They're trying to justify the whole family gathered around the screen at that price point. 
sure. But, yeah. you know, I, yeah, I'm saying, like, you know, most of those X-Men movies, nobody should watch. So, uh, you know, X-Men Origins Wolverine, that's right out. Uh, and it's there on Disney+. Plus. So uh, they'll, they'll do what they can. You know, as I think I mentioned last week, Dave uh, Tapia had pointed out to me that, like, New Mutants, they don't want to release because the Fox deal contract, which hasn't expired yet, is it has to go to HBO afterwards. So they really... You know, they're counting on being able to make some theatrical. But we'll see. And again, as I said, all those new mutants will be in their 50s by the time that film is released finally. And, you know, that's okay. Because a wolf Spain wears many faces. New-ish so, mutants. New-ish mutants. <laughs> anyway, so I did get one question back to comics, and that's Charnold, which is so exciting to see Charnold again, uh, which is that he asked if, if Pulp is a done-in-one or ongoing. And it seems to be a standalone However, I, as I suspect that uh, that some of Rubaker's other concepts have been able to lift into other people, uh, to other characters, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there are others in the vein of Pulp and that it would be called, you know, under that as a, as a catch-all title. So uh, we're coming up on the half hour. And uh, so is there anybody, any other questions people have before we decide, you know, I have a quick question. Do you guys both have circle lights or something? My lighting is terrible and yours is great. No, I'll tell you a trick. If you've got a decent sized monitor, just make sure that you've got a window behind your video window that is all white. And that will actually project a lot of light at you. I will. I will also say that Rick actually is a Fulton. He glows from within, and that's part of the problem. But yeah, he's an introvert, and he's been charging up. The batteries are growing large, and pretty soon uh, he's going to explode. So uh, if you are in somewhere in an undisclosed location, San Jose, get out. Yeah, thanks. That was starting to look really invasion of the body. <laughs> Rick, really appreciate that. Uh, but yes, Nate, I do have a ring light on. Um, so yeah, nice. Yeah. But thank you. Thank you for noticing. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, thanks. So we wanted to keep to comics this week and, uh, and like that little bit of, of, of movie news because I think we're all waiting for all these movies that, uh, especially Black Widow, because of a comics writer thing, I, you know, maybe Warner will do that with, with uh, Wonder Woman 84 because, um, you know, we're getting really close to the fall release schedule that is that used to look like the June release schedule. And, you know, I wish we just wash our hands of 2020's releases and, and, you know, have be going to the movie theaters every week into 2021. I don't know. Yes, Rick. I did have, I did get some notice that is uh, comics related, uh, a comics game crossover. I think I'd mentioned this before, but we got a release date on Cryptozoic's DC deck building game, mm-hmm. Dark Knight Knight's Metal, which is, uh, which looks to be one of the more exciting expansions to that very good. Uh, you've played it, Derek. I know. Yeah. Played it at our, our house. Um, with, it has, as you'd expect, it's got this kind of new takeover uh, mechanic now. Um, that's going to be available August 12th. Um, okay. You can do, if, if you uh, pre order it through the Cryptozoic web store, you get a Clayface promo. Ooh. So, 
Well, and DC Universe Online seems to be being invaded by Dark Knight's Metal as well, if, yeah. if you're still playing that game. Every two or three months, I go back in and go, I can't play this game. <laughs> <laughs> but it's free, so that's okay. Yeah, uh, so uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. And, and uh, once again, if you have any questions, comments, compliments, commentary, criticism, write into editor at fanboyplanet.com. And let us know what you think about the, the, the video version of this. This will be an audio as well. Uh, but you know, we just wanted to see what we could do with this format. So, and uh, great that we happened to pick a night that Nate had off, and uh, he has a strange enough a busy Zoom social calendar tonight. So I was like, okay, we'll keep it short so Nate can get to the next thing. Uh, you know, oh, Mr. Costa, so 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 busy and popular. So great to have you back. I'm Derek McCaw, editor in chief of FanboyPlanet.com. You look like a drunken Mickey Mouse right now. I know that's what I said up top. Yeah. No, right, this way. No, nope, this way. Now, now it's now it's like there a dark angel. Okay. I'm Derek McCaw, editor in chief of FanboyPlanet.com. I'm Nick Costa, and I'm Rick Brett Snyder, reminding you to use you your powers, powers for good. For good. I don't I know I'm not supposed to. See, this is the problem with the live version. Hey, good night, everybody. We're gonna we're gonna catch to each other <laughs> off screen. You All should right. subtitle that when it comes out. Is it still only for good, or is it just use your powers for it's good? Just use your powers for good. And I just messed that up. Whatever. All right, good What's wrong with only? And thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreat.com. The Great Luke, L-U-K-E-S-K-I dot com.